Hello and welcome to Sports View with Simon Rubacaba. I'm your host, Simon Rubacaba. Tuesday, March 30th edition, Sports View. First, wanted to go back to yesterday, uh, Women's uh, Elite Eight, uh, Baylor versus uh, Connecticut. I think it was a foul. It's pretty obvious it was a foul. Did not get called. Uh, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Go back to the night, reminds me of the 1980, 1998 season. Chicago Bulls faced the Charlotte Hornets in round one. I was stationed in Korea at that time. Remember that uh, Michael Jordan hacked, uh, or he, he he went hard at uh, Hers Hershey Hawkins, I believe, of the Hornets, uh, going in for a layup at the last second. And then Michael was talking about, yeah, you don't call a foul at at uh, that stage in the game, you got to let the game go. I, obviously, that was Mike being on his side. Where if Mike, Michael Jordan had, if that roles were reversed and Michael was the one getting uh, uh, getting hit like that, uh, obviously he would have cried for the foul, and they would have given it to him. I think it's just the preference. Obviously, UConn over the years has made it to all those Final Fours, Coach Ariyama's team, and I think. While at the same time they say sometimes those calls get made and sometimes they don't get made, it always seems to favor the team that or the player that is the elite, uh, uh, the elite class. So definitely it was a foul. Should have been more two free throws, but then the seven missed free throws. Um, but well, they make a big deal out of Baylor's seven missed field goals uh, when plenty of teams miss plenty of uh, of uh, free throws. Uh, is what I meant. They missed free throws throughout the game. Uh, but there, there was definitely those opportunities. Fortunately, when the point guard of Baylor got got injured, it, it, it turned the tide to, to UConn's favor. And, and then credit the Bears for, the Lady Bears for making a comeback and getting to that point. But definitely was a foul. Quotes Mulkey gets uh, more controversy than for uh, asking for to stop COVID testing. And at these Final Four games go, uh, and everybody's up in arms, and she had COVID, and you know we're in a society, whatever you think politically, but at the same time, for some reason, that the mentality of the nation has changed. To everybody needs to get vaccine, and everybody needs to be wearing masks, and needs to be getting tested, and all these precautions. Now, uh, I think just about everybody knows somebody that has passed away of COVID, and no matter what you think of it. It's just the reality we face today. So anytime you speak out against it, but Coach Moki uh, had COVID herself and recovered. And, I, you know, might have been an extreme way to hope that everything goes smooth and that you're able to have the best players on the court and have the best games possible. And again, it just goes back to you know, sports means that much to you in your life. And you show the importance. There's, it, it's almost like society has a, a way to frown upon you for that. Like, you know, COVID's supposed to be on everybody's mind as the number one thing. And if you think about anything else, you're frowned upon. So I'll just leave it at that. Everybody's got the right to their opinion. Uh, and then that's how Coach Mogi feels. So. Uh, you got to respect her for speaking out and got to respect that opinion, no, no matter how many eyebrows it raises. She can say whatever she wants. She does have a freedom of speech to speak her, her mind and her opinion. 
and we're gonna have the teams moving forward that move forward on them because of the circumstance but i really think that uh you know you can allow a basketball game to be played physically and uh you know but you still got to do it within the rules and definitely there was fouls when she started the dribble when she made the first moves uh before she even went up for the shot there could have been a foul called on on the UConn player that reached out. Then when she took the shot, one one play the player in front of her, her elbow hit her face, and the girl, the female player to the right of her, uh, made contact. So, you want disappointing way for the Baylor Bears uh, women's team to end, but UConn moves on, and hopefully we'll have an exciting Final Four. On the men's side, what a great. Great game tonight by UCLA beating Michigan. Gonzaga continues to to dominate though, and that's going to be a tough tough battle for UCLA. But they're riding momentum, and somehow they just keep doing it. So don't count count out uh, Coach Cronin or even the 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 resiliency of the of the Bruins. They're going to fight hard to the end. Uh, you know, I I you know. That UNLV team, I always go back to the Running Rebels team that went undefeated and then lost uh, to Duke. And then uh, it was the first close game of the season, and the Rebels were just used to blowing everybody out. Everybody out. So I just say, what happens if Gonzaga is in a, in a close game and they need to mount a comeback in the last minutes? Uh, so if UCLA can, can ride this wave of emotion and get off to a to a big lead and and maintain and be within range at the end then anything can happen and you never know how the bulldogs are going to react to not being 100% because they if 100% Gonzaga is the better team but if UCLA gives it the raw and Gonzaga is a little off on the particular night and it's a closer game than usual how will they react down the stretch so that's something to watch for Saturday the other game uh I, I still like Baylor. I have Baylor and Gonzaga in my uh, for, but Houston don't count out Houston's defense. I mean, I watched them all season, and uh, that's uh, that's why I had them in my Final Four bracket. I had this, and I have Baylor beating Gonzaga in my in my bracket. But when I think about it, uh, you know, if there's a team that can slow down Baylor and manage uh, to control the pace of the game and then beat Baylor, I mean, Houston's got all the tools, so I wouldn't be surprised. Houston does win it, but I'm going to go with Baylor and Gonzaga, just as my original bracket went. Uh, and then we got to watch on the women's side. I I think Stanford or well, I had uh, I'm sorry South Carolina winning on my bracket, and I'm still going to ride with them. And then yeah, and then tomorrow I'll talk about. Uh, tomorrow's topic is, is a familiar topic to me. My favorite subject, the boxing MMA. Seems we have comebacks here and we have fights going on, kind of these gimmick fights. And we're gonna, I'm gonna pose a question: Is do these do these gimmick fights uh, mean anything? And is this? It just seems to be the way of the future of the fight game right now, where the fights that are gonna generate the millions are these gimmick fights, when it's a fighter versus an MMA opponent or just big names like. Chavez Jr. just got announced as fighting Anderson Silva. Oscar De La Hoya's July 13th comeback bout is apparently going to be against the name MMA fighter or fighter from the MMA world. So 
Don't know if these kind of things is going to really create elite athletes, but it's going to be money makers as people continue to watch it and the more that we buy it. And at some point, though, uh, people stop paying for gimmicks and stop paying attention to gimmicks. So I will pose that question tomorrow and kind of give my opinion on what I think uh, of the state of the game is and how the future is looking for right now. For Sports View, I'm Simon Rukaba, signing off. Till next time.